We cannot keep continuing to be in denial about what we actually need and that we need to actually take time for ourselves. Hey, sister friend, it's Heather Georgiel, your certified life and NLP practitioner. And I'm Cynthia Fields, your CBF, certified best friend and mother of three. And together, we want to make doing the inner work not not suck by talking about all things womanhood, motherhood, sex, and And everything everything in between. between. Are you ready? Let's talk. This is the Sex and Motherhood Podcast. Cynthia, how are you today? I'm so good. How are you? Man, I'm good. You know, I've been feeling really burned out. Same. Really, really burned out. But it's okay because we've talked about boundaries. We've talked about setting goals. Yep. We've talked about self-sabotage. So why not just, you know, (laughs) add in burnout because let's face it, when all of those things get extra hard, we really do start to spiral and have self-sabotage. And there's usually a reason and it's because... It's burnout. Right. (laughs) Right. So let's talk about burnout. Like what are the symptoms of burnout? And we have five ways that can help when you are in burnout, headed to burnout, plus some preventative care for burnout. But I want to be like really clear. These are suggestions. And if you have severe symptoms of any kind, fatigue, things like anxiety, depression, please seek the assistance of a licensed professional. So now that we got that little disclaimer out of the way, are we ready to get started? So ready. All right. Hit it. All right. Well, let's face it, guys. No matter what we do for a living, like we all get burned out. I used to get burned out even when I was in college at least once a semester. And learning how to balance everything we have going on in our lives is sometimes really hard to do. And it can honestly feel so impossible, right? And in today's episode, we really wanted to help you guys find that balance so you can say, you know, bye-bye burnout. I'm not saying that everything has to be equal with each other, but rather help you guys find that peace in your lives so that your spirits can be more balanced. Does that make sense? Totally makes sense. Because if you've been listening to the Sex and Motherhood podcast, here we believe that regardless If you are working out of the home or in the home, we're kind of going to focus on the primary caregiving. I mean, this is called sex and motherhood, right? But primary caregiving is a job and motherhood is the relationship that you have with your children. They are not the same. So when your coworkers are driving you crazy with all of the messes, the yelling, the screaming, and you wonder why you even woke up today, it's okay. Because the job is not easy. And it's the same as if you are going to the workplace with adults that are screaming, causing messes, and not doing things that they should be doing. It's a job and it's not always easy. So we're here to remind you that you are a rock star mom who can be upset with the day-to-day and still create a loving relationship with your kids. Why? Because primary caregiving is a job. Motherhood is a relationship. Right? Guys, before I met Heather, I never understood that there was a difference between being a stay-at-home mom who cooks, cleans, and basically makes sure that the entire house and the little people that are in it are running as smooth and as well as a Fortune 500 company versus being a mother. Like, I had no idea there was a difference. 
And it has taken me a minute, and it's probably going to take me my whole life, honestly, to accept that it's okay to not always like my job or my coworkers all the time. But to remember that just because I don't like doing dishes every day, changing multiple diapers, and constantly looking over my shoulder for a new mess, because that's literally what I do all the time. Uh, Yeah, it's like the 15 minutes of chaos every 15 minutes. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) But that doesn't mean I don't love my babies. That never changes. My relationship with them and the joy and the love that we have surrounding that relationship, it never wavers. And it's important to remember to take that time for yourself so you don't feel burnt out or like you're a bad mom or a wife or a caretaker or whatever role that you are in because we don't always have to be perfect. Well, and I think it's important to remember that When you're starting to have those thoughts, I'm a bad mom, I'm a bad wife, I can't take care of my kids, that's a great indication that you are headed for burnout. Or that you're like there. Or you're yeah, or you're totally already there. So how do you even know that you're at burnout? Well, we just named a few things. Or how do you know that you are headed there? So we have these five questions or phrases. They're just gonna like get us started. Okay. So number one. Do you become irritable or impatient with your coworkers, clients, friends, family? And remember, coworkers is coworkers in the workplace, but also coworkers in the workplace of your home, as in your children. Number two, do you lack the energy to be consistent or feel productive? Three, do you have unexplained headaches or other physical problems? Four, do you feel your work workload only piles up with no end in sight? Five, do you use food, alcohol, or drugs to simply take the pressure off or numb your feelings? Did you answer yes to any of those? Because like I did. Then you are definitely either in burnout, feeling burnt out, or you're headed there. So we want to make sure that like we're owning it. I'm burned out. Yeah. And vocalizing it is super important. Very important. Let's just say that you don't know what it looks like when you are burned out, right? So just like when you're sick, you know how there's like a list of symptoms? Well, symptoms of burning out would be excessive stress, fatigue, increase of anger, sadness, shame, frustration, guilt, negative emotions, really, more susceptible to illnesses, And even insomnia. Now the list could go on and on, but those are just a few of like the generic, if you will, symptoms. And these symptoms can vary depending on your own health, your environment, the demands in your life. There could be a few that are added or not added, just depending. We are more susceptible to burnout when we disregard the signals from our minds and our bodies. Okay. And I'm sure that you have had a signal or alert go, oh, wow, like I really need to slow down or I don't know why I am feeling extra tired today. I just need to like push through it. It's fine. I just have to push through it. Or I've been getting sick so much and I'm so sick of being sick. Cynthia, has this ever happened to you? I mean, Heather, let's be real. I think I've found the reason why I've been getting so sick lately. Because if you guys have been listening over the last you know, few episodes, then you would know that I am not doing so hot in the uh, not getting sick department. And I'm feeling like I'm finally realizing that I need rest. Like I honestly 
I didn't realize I was super burned out until today when we were talking about this. And, you know, I'm getting to the point where like I've had one thing after another. Like I had this last week, I had strep throat. I haven't had strep throat in over eight years. And then literally the day after I ended my antibiotics, I got a cold. Like what in the world? And I feel like I'm just, I'm realizing that I need to listen to my body and I need to listen to those alerts because my body is telling me that, girl, you need to take a break. You need to take some me time. You need to rest. I need to get my butt to bed before midnight. And I need to start just taking care of myself because if I'm consistently burned out, it's reflecting into my children because they're going to be burned out from me being burned out. Does that make sense? It totally makes sense. I mean, how many times have we said this on the podcast, Cynthia? Everything's connected. Everything is connected, guys. I mean, there are signals, like Cynthia was saying, there's these alerts, these messages that your body and your mind are giving you that you need rest. And I think that we're kind of trained to ignore them because especially here in America, it's a go, go, go mentality. I have to keep going. There is no time for rest. This is kind of changing slowly, but surely that people are starting to get more mental health days because they just can't go to work anymore. You're burned out. It's like your emotions. If you don't deal with them, they're going to deal with you. Burnout works the same way. If you keep ignoring these messages, these signals, these alerts that your body and your mind are sending you, then your body is just going to like force you to rest. And usually that means that you're going to get sick. Like Like Cynthia just expressed. (laughs) See? So sometimes even the universe will step in and say, yeah, so um, you need rest. So we're going to make sure that you get it. And you had your chance to pick a way that you would like. But now we're taking over and you're not going to like it. (laughs) So deal because you didn't deal with it on your own before. Sounds like it sucks. It's because it does. Guys, it really sucks. I'm so tired of being sick. But I know that I keep getting sick because I'm not taking care of myself. And it's important. And I think that we just ignore that to realize that we're not perfect. So we need to be more in tune with these signals, these messages that our body is giving us. But how can we actually hear the alerts or understand the messages that are coming through? It's like tracking your menstrual cycle. Have you ever tracked your menstrual tri- your menstrual cycle? Yeah, Heather, I have to. I have to know exactly when I'm going to be a raging hormonal mess. Okay, well, not really me, but my husband deserves to know when I'm going to be a little extra for the next six to seven days. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, yes. I mean, I've never tracked mine. I mean, I kind of knew when I would start cramping that, yeah, okay, I would start. But um, I'm a lot better at tracking my bank account. <laughs> I'm a lot, but not saying that I am financially awesome, um, but I am really good at tracking my bank account. So I know where, you know, the money is going in and coming out, also transferring from other places so that I can do the things that I actually want to do. And then I just suffer consequences later in this context. That would be me ignoring my signals that I need to rest and that I end up actually taking energy from somewhere else which then causes me to deplete in some other place within or around me. It's like that phrase, robbing Peter to pay Paul. I never thought of it that way. Because I mean, I also check my bank account like five to 10 times a day, depending on where I'm at, what I'm doing. And uh, my husband, we've always talked about how like, 
one day we'll get to the point where we can go shopping and we don't have to ever check our bank account. We don't always have to feel like we have to rob Peter to pay Paul. I always tell myself like one day. But until then, I have to figure it out because always checking and feeling like I have to hustle is honestly is exhausting. And it's leading me to be not just burnt out emotionally, but like financially burnt out. Totally understand that. I'm picking up what you're putting down because can you imagine if we were checking in with ourselves five times a day, 10 times a day and seeing how we're feeling on our stress levels, our emotions, our thoughts, or even our mood. I mean, you could be able to feel that same freedom and success that you're craving for your bank account financially But it won't matter what your financial bank account says if your internal bank account is always pulling from overdraft. And if you don't know what overdraft is, basically it's when you've gone a little wild and you've spent more money than you actually have and you go into the red and you're borrowing the bank's money and but they still they still want it back. And so you then you start getting notifications and alerts on your phone or whatever Unless you're like me and I've turned them all off because, guys, I'm kind of in denial that I don't always have money. And, I mean, it's the same as our bodies giving us all these signals and notifications that we are starting to be burned out or that we have surpassed that signal that's been screaming at us because we really need to listen to these signals. We cannot keep continuing to be in denial about what we actually need and that we need to actually take time for ourselves. Because if you knew what the triggers were for your stress or your emotions or your negative thoughts, your bad mood. I never get in bad moods, Heather. (laughs) I was thinking about an argument me and Dre had earlier and he was like, you and your bad mood. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. You wouldn't need to use the overdraft. You wouldn't need to rob Peter to pay Paul. You could sustain your energy, your mood, your emotions, your thoughts by knowing how to navigate them rather than suppressing them, turning off that internal notification that you're headed for burnout or something far more uncomfortable and life-threatening, possibly. But what if like, you could feel more empowered to navigate these triggers rather than running away from them or having them run your life for you? Would you be willing to do it? Would you be willing to embrace the fact that things won't always be perfect, yet you always have a choice? You can suppress, turn off the signal and let the universe have its way with you. And it's usually not in the way that you would really like the universe to give you things, you know, like if you want to manifest a million dollars, it's not going to do that if you're constantly in burnout, right? So what can we do so that we're actually listening to our signals and understanding these signals of our burnout, of our stress cycle, of our all the things that are making us feel crazy inside. Because if we know that, it can feel easier than you thought possible to be able to handle your burnout. Okay, but Heather, how do we fix this way of thinking? Like, how do we fight our burnout? How do we stop suppressing what our body is like trying to tell us? You can either suppress this that you're feeling or you can deal with it. I don't suppress anything. Yeah, she does. (laughs) She does. I even sent her a message recently and was like, so yeah, you can suppress that. Just tell me how that works out for you. And then she got sick. 
And then I got so, sick, so that's how it worked out for me. That's how it worked out. So don't suppress what you're feeling. Look, this doesn't need to be hard. It doesn't need to be scary or frustrating or just one more thing to add to your to-do list because sometimes we still are going to hear and sometimes not hear the signals that are coming through to us. And that's okay because we're human. And being human means that we always have a choice. We can choose to listen to it or we can choose to ignore it. Kind of like hitting snooze on your alarm clock, right? Really You're like, good at that. Snoozing, yes, same. <laughs> same. You can hit snooze, okay? But first, like one of the greatest things that you can do is start by just taking a personal inventory. And what I mean by that is taking the time to check in with how you're really doing and being totally honest with yourself, not sugarcoating it and just being like, oh, well, it's fine that this is happening. I just need to be more positive. Blech. Don't even don't even get me started on that, because if you've listened to our boundaries episode, then you know that setting boundaries creates freedom in relationships. OK, so by setting boundaries within yourself to start taking care of your needs, your emotions, your thoughts, your spirituality and your health so that they become a must for you. It's that internal bank account that we were talking about that you should be checking or could be checking five plus times a day, okay? It's important to know that being stressed is different than what your stressors are. And I'm just gonna explain this a little bit because I've been reading a book, what? Emily Nagotki says, stressors are what activate the stress response in your body. They can be anything you see, hear, smell, touch, taste, or imagine could harm you. External stressors are things like work, money, family, time, expectations, and experiences. Stress, Emily goes on to say, is the neurological and physiological shift that happens in your body. Okay, so finding things that make you stressed and your stress are two different things, but they're working hand in hand that create the responses that are sending you the signals that you're you're in this burnout, you're in this way of moving forward, okay? Our stress and the things that are causing them are important to track, to know how it's spiraling through you so that you can actually pinpoint where the spiral started that's leading to your mental exhaustion, your emotional exhaustion, and that's triggering the negative thoughts that's leading to the burnout. Because if you keep suppressing it and avoiding it and it's undealt with, you're literally always going to feel stuck and burned out and exhausted. And who in their right mind would want that? Not me. So now that we know what can trigger a burnout and the shift that happens in our brain and within our bodies, I think it's now time that we talk about how we can move forward into a mental and physical space where we can feel recharged. I'm going to share with you some of my personal ways that I use to combat burnout. So the first one is I change my thoughts. So when I get burned out, I tend to have thoughts that kind of perpetuate being burned out. For example, I tell myself that nothing is working, everything is going wrong, la-di-da-di-da, like I just like feed into that negativity. And it's really important that we look at that, we acknowledge it, and we change the thought process. So instead of telling ourselves, 
what we're doing wrong isn't working or whatever, you know, negativity that we have going on, maybe we can try something like this isn't working. And so now I'm going to change that and I'm going to figure out how to fix X, Y, and Z. And I'm just going to keep trying until I figure out what works. The second thing I like to do is I keep a journal. Now for me, a journal is meant to be a place where you can write about how you're feeling. It can be a place where you write about all of your frustrations with how your life is going, relationships or whatever is going on in your life. But it can also be a place where you talk about all of the good things that are going on in your life and the aspirations you have for your future. Because when you're going through a burnout, I feel like it's really important to write about how you're feeling, but to also keep in mind that even though you're feeling pretty negative, that you find a way to turn it into a positive so that you are like manifesting positivity for your future. The third thing I do is I like to connect with people. So when you're going through a burnout, sometimes you tend to surround yourself with people who are also going in a burnout. Like me and Heather, we just happen to both be going through a burnout right now, but we're connecting with each other and realizing that that's what's happening. So we're You could almost say that our burnout is synced like a menstrual cycle syncs up. What? What? Anyway. Okay. College. But like that's That's so true though. That's how it works. You become the people you hang out with, right? You become the people you hang out with. So just like a menstrual cycle, you hang out with the same woman all the time and your cycle sync. It's true. So it stands to say that our burnout cycle is somewhat similar. Yeah. I mean, it, it helps that our kids are similar in age and- you know, our husbands both work and we're the primary caregivers to small children that drive us crazy sometimes, but we'd love them no matter what. What's crazy about this burnout though, is that I don't feel burned out from you. I never feel burned burned out out from you. From so many other things. Yes. So it's important to surround yourself with people who are not just going to pull you deeper into a burnout, but you want to surround yourself with people who are there for you to help you find a way out of it. Like the fourth way I like to do is reduce my stress. So I like to go to the gym, go for a walk, read a good book, watch a show I really like. Um, You can go get a massage, meditate, do whatever you need to do to get that stress out of your body. And it's okay to be selfish with your time. You need to set those boundaries for yourself and with people around you to, you know, be like, hey, I need me time. And that's okay. It's okay to be selfish with your time sometimes. And the last thing is to talk to somebody, whether it's your spouse, friends, family, or even a therapist. Learning how to accept feedback and how to communicate what you need to be happy is so important and so beneficial in creating a plan to avoid becoming burned out and or getting out of a burnout in your future. So those are just the ways that I like to fight burnout. And Heather, can you share with us some of the ways that like how you approach it? Our approach is a little different. Changing your thoughts is super important. And the things that Cynthia mentioned where it's really easy to spiral into the negatives of what you're feeling when you're feeling the burnout coming on and that mental exhaustion and that emotional exhaustion. But what's really important about changing that thought process is you really need to recognize that this is a thought that you're having. It is not who you are. And then you need to acknowledge the fact that this is an emotion that I'm feeling and investigate what you're feeling investigate where that thought actually came from. And then you can actually lovingly let it go. And until you do that, 
those emotions and those thoughts are just going to like, it's just going to like sit in your body and continue to feed the stress and the fire of what you're actually feeling. So investigate what you're feeling, investigate the thoughts that you're having and pinpoint where it is that is causing you to feel this way so that when you are moving forward and you want to have this positive talk and you want to acknowledge what's happening so that you can accomplish the XYZ to move forward, that you don't have anything to pull you back to what's really causing it. Does that make sense? Totally. Yeah. And then I love to keep a journal as well. Um, Mine's a little bit more of like the Mean Girls burn book. Um, However, I actually burn the things that I write. I find burning very therapeutic um, because I never want someone to actually read what's going on. And sometimes I even do like an audio on my phone and I talk about everything that's frustrating me. And sometimes I play it back so I can hear exactly how I sounded and when I felt the shift. Um, and other times I just delete it. For me, I really like to vocally say things. I do like to write them out. That's also therapeutic. And I can actually tell when I've gotten out of like my ego of like, I'm better and I'm this and I'm like, everyone else is wrong and everyone's doing this to me. My handwriting changes when I finally realize, oh, I need to have humility with myself. I need to have grace with myself and other people. It's okay for me to be angry and frustrated and want to pound their heads against the wall and to like, you know, just, I need to pound something sometimes (laughs) and to just let that all out. And that's why I like talking to other people who can actually feel the same way that I feel. Sometimes connecting with other people they can bring unsolicited advice. So it's important, like Cynthia said, to find your people, the people that are not going to judge you because you're like, I just want to put my hand over their mouth to make them stop screaming or like things like that. You don't want to be judged and you don't want to feel unsafe in what you're revealing and being vulnerable about because it's just going to create more stress and then it's still going to lead to burnout. So that's important. I love going to the gym exercise is definitely a big thing for me. But when I like go and work out, oh man, like I need to release the stress because I can go on a walk or like go on a run and it's fine. But like I crave that high feeling of I feel all of my emotions bubbling up and I can like hear the thoughts just running through my head. And what's crazy is that the harder I work out, the more like release that I feel, even though my body feels utterly exhausted. It feels like I have this weight that's just lifted off of me. I feel like I can breathe. However, I know that there's a lot of other people out there that really, really hate exercise. They don't like running. They don't like walking. They don't like going to a gym. And I'm going to link to this book by um, Emily and Amelia Nagoski. And it's called Burnout, The Secret to Unlocking Your Stress Cycle. And in this book, Emily talks about like lying on the bed and progressively tensing and releasing every muscle in your body, especially the place that you hold stress. For me, that's like in my shoulders. That's where a lot of my stress is. And she talks about like visualizing what it would feel like to beat the living daylights out of whatever stressor that you've encountered that's causing you to feel this excess 
stress. And you need to be really clear in how you're visualizing it. Like you need to feel it in your body because you're going to start to feel your body respond to the stress as you're tensing different parts of your body. Your heart is going to beat faster. Your fists are going to clench, but it's actually going to feel really satisfying. So if you hate exercise, that was a great suggestion that I read in this book for being able to still get that release that you need from stress, but also when you're stressed, that leads to the majority of burnout when you're keeping everything locked down inside, right? Yeah, totally. I love that. I've done that a few times. In college, I used to not be able to sleep. I had such bad insomnia for a really long time. And I had one of my friends, I used to just lay in bed and she said, tense up your muscles one at a time. So I would like start at my toes and I would flex my toes and then I would move up to my legs and then eventually I'd be like tensing my whole body up to my head and then I would just release it. And then I would be able to sleep because I would just let everything go. And I feel like as women, sometimes we forget that, you know, we just need to let it go and that we need to be taken care of. And we don't always have someone there to take care of us. So I feel like as as women, as sisters in society, it is our job to remind each other, to help each other, lift each other up, and to remind each other to take that pause, reflect, and remind each other that it's okay to be selfish with your time. It's okay to have self-care. Love yourself enough to take care of yourself so that you can continue taking care of the people around you. And I promise that as you take that time to to face whatever burnout you're going through, or if you're going through a situation that's leading you to burnout, if you work through that, if you find what works for you, it'll make you stronger, happier, and a more balanced woman, mother, caregiver, and a human. For sure. And these suggestions that Cynthia had of changing your thoughts, keeping a journal, connecting with people, and reducing your stress, plus talk to someone else. Connecting and talking to someone is not the same thing. No. So we encourage you to try one of the five ways that we suggested. If you have a different way that works for you, please share it with us on Instagram. We would love to hear because I'm sure that there is another sister out there, another friend, another mom, another woman who is like, oh, none of these suggestions really work for me. And they need you to speak it, to write it, to show it. And tag us. Please tag us. Like, make it real. You know, be funny about it. Let's Burnout sucks. It really does suck. And we can always use other ways for us to get through it. So please give us your suggestions. Make a reel. Tag us in your stories. Just let's help each other out. You just finished another episode of the Sex and Motherhood podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Feeling inspired? Go ahead, rate and subscribe so you never miss an episode. I want to hear your biggest takeaway. Skip on over to Instagram and leave a comment about your favorite part at sexandmotherhood.podcast. And remember to share with all your sister friends. Meet you here next week.